You're listening to DraftKings Network. Today on the Cooligans, it is just one Cooligan doing this intro. Christian here, because uh, I'm in Brooklyn, and Alexis is in Ireland. He is in Ida. That's how you say Ireland in Irish, I think. Don't quote me on that. But in the first segment, Alexis and I, we have a conversation about the U.S. has lost to Costa Rica and the the myriad of reasons why people think the U.S. lost. Uh, it, a lot of them are pretty xenophobic and make uh, no real sense and put no responsibility on the players. In the second segment, I do a one-on-one interview with Nate Abarrea. Nate is a writer. He is a journalist. He covers U.S. soccer. He covers uh, Liga MX. Uh, he's a great dude, a supporter of the Cooligans. Some would say even an ally. Great, great dude, and we have a great conversation. So only two segments today. You guys are the absolute best. Make sure you wait till the end of the episode because there's a lot of information about Atlanta. So, you guys, you know what you're doing. You're listening to The Cooligans! Hey, this is Alexi Lawless. There is nobody in U.S. soccer that is more important than The Cooligans. Yeah, baby! Hello! Welcome all the way from Brooklyn. Yeah, and I'm all the way in... Killarney, Ireland. Nice. Uh, kind of. It's um, it's a very small city, um, and I'm uh, you know, it's like surrounded by like a big national state park. So I've been asked to walk a lot. Not a fan of that. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a, that's a shame. There's no uh, there's no uh, public transportation. There's no uh, there's no tube out there in Killarney, dude. I've been looking for a subway station this whole time. Nothing. <laughs> you wouldn't believe yeah, it. Yeah, it's just the subway goes right under some ancient castle. <laughs> <laughs> They're still shoving coal, shoveling coal in it. Uh, <laughs> uh, the funniest yeah. thing was there's this D, my wife was like, oh, we got to go. She like, you got to go get like hiking boots or whatever. I'm like, yo, I can't wear my Tims and get them dirty. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm trying to I'm trying to scuff up my Timberlands. God forbid. Right? That's not what they're for. They nobody they were never designed to be worn in mud. They were designed to be worn in the street. Kick a rat, <laughs> you know what I mean? So I had to get like winter like like hiking boots kind of thing. They, they're cool though. They look like they're dope as hell, right? They're not like those corny like you wouldn't wear them like a fish concert. You know what I'm talking about? Those shoes. It's very important that they look fly. They gotta look dope. <laughs> yeah, you can't be out here. You got to be stunned on these. You can't Irish. be. You can't be tra- tra- traversing through mud, looking like looking like some duck, looking like no, some, just some duck, <laughs> motherfucker, in some mud. Get the fuck out of here. You got to be fly as hell. Also, I'm bringing a redhead to Ireland. Yo, I got to flex. You oh know what yeah, I mean? exactly. No, I mean that. That's like bringing. Uh, you know, iced Eskimos, man. That's not right. Really, you're not doing <laughs> no, that's no, that's not true at all. That's like I'm bringing a beautiful redhead to Ireland. That's like that's like bringing if you're a white guy. That's like bringing a hot Jamaican chick to Carnival. You better know how to wine. You better know how to get wined on. <laughs> yeah, because everybody's you know? gonna be like, "Yo, why why is she with him?" You know, yeah, you know exactly. Anything about our culture? Why is she with that fat motherfucker? You know, <laughs> with them bum shoes. That's what they be saying. Look at him with them bum shoes. That's so that's... I gotta. I gotta come correct. That's right. Uh, so, so welcome to the Cooligans, everybody. Uh, <laughs> hey, everybody! What an exciting, exciting time. Yeah, we, uh, Alexis is away, and uh, he's he's trying to have a, a, a vacation. And uh, I, I think every vacation Alexis goes on is is, is more of a food based journey. Uh, really, kind of exploring. What is a vacation? 
What is a vacation <laughs> if it's not just going to eat in another city? I don't get it. <laughs> yeah, trying to just uh, explore how uh, how he can make his uh, body larger with uh, you know with different food across the across the globe. <laughs> Every one of my vacations could be titled, how is this city fucking up pizza? You know what I mean? That's just, that's every, every vacation I've ever been on. No, no, no. Go ahead. Show me how your people fuck up pizza. My wife wanted me to go through this thing called the, uh, the Gap of Dunlow. But I thought she said the gap of d- of down low, and I was like, "Nah, son, your <laughs> Yo, boy's not going through that at all." <laughs> get get away, get away from me with that with that crap, bro. That yeah. ain't <laughs> slap the map right out of her hand. <laughs> <laughs> what you? What you? Is you? You one of them foo foo type kind of dudes over there? <laughs> was that at a truck stop? <laughs> Nah, man, I'm good. I'm good. Chilling over here. Yeah, I'm straight. Just me and my Tims. Got my Tims up on the desk. I'm eating some Cadbury chocolates. I'm straight. We we good. Um, But yeah, so even though you're away, the the show must go on. We cannot. We still find a way to make the cooligans. Exactly. And uh, yeah, we're using all the uh, Space Age technology available to to record this podcast. Which by uh, that we mean an iPhone. (laughs) <laughs> that's right uh so stuff still happened even though you're even though you're gone stuff's still going on america's still going forward uh you know obviously uh, unless you watch the news out here <laughs> forward is not <laughs> not in the direction they're depicting this country going by the way that is interesting it's always interesting when you do go especially you know uh in uh in europe what what's uh what's the feeling uh what's the temperature when you tell people you're american uh, we don't. We say we're New Yorkers. Uh, <laughs> let's start there. That's right. Uh, but uh, when you say you're American, now I feel like it's people are sort of like, uh, whatever. Although I will say we were having breakfast. It was a dude from um, a dude and his wife. Uh, they were from the Midwest somewhere, but he's Panamanian, the guy. Um, but they're from the Midwest. They have like Southern accents almost. Uh, and uh, we were talking just about like soccer and, and all that. You know, we were sitting next to them at breakfast. So we're just talking and we're having a conversation like, oh, look, another American uh, couple here. And we were talking about how like crazy soccer is. And his wife said, oh, he tried to explain it to me because he's from Panama and he lived in Paraguay for a long time. How, how like how, you know, insane the fandom is. It's so much different than, uh, you know, uh, American football, which she's a fan of. And I was like, oh, yeah, it's different. And he looks at me, and goes, yeah. And at least they stand up for the anthem. And I was oh, like, boy. oh, boy. I was like, here it is. <laughs> Just have and a... we've arrived. <laughs> Just have a big old Kaepernick fight in Ireland. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, well, actually, you know, they don't do they don't do the anthems here. I was like, I think the only places that do anthems before every single game is America and North Korea. And he looked at me like I just took a. <laughs> Just took a big old dump on his Bible, you know, just the largest dump. I mean, that's hilarious. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. That's always, uh, you know, I, I remember a couple of years ago when I was in uh, Dubai and uh, mentioned that I was American, and I I got a lot of uh, crap mainly from uh, from European. Uh, usually, people from uh, like from the UK. There was like Scottish people, English people that were. Uh, at the time, uh, just a- angry about something. I don't know what, but uh, it, it was <laughs> it was weird. They did not like that I was uh, that I was American. So, anyway, speaking of America, uh, soccer, <laughs> soccer, the U.S. soccer team uh, not really representing America very well. 
Uh, unless, uh, you know, yeah, first of all, our president promised that we would be so tired of winning at this point. Uh, <laughs> and here comes our, our national team losing at home. And, you know, yes. I think the big the, the thing that, that really upsets me is we're not even talking tactics so much, which, again, that's not why you come to this podcast, which you can tell by the first seven minutes uh, <laughs> of this podcast. Clearly, you're not coming here for a breakdown of who was where during the game uh, on the pitch or the field. But, you know, you, you want us to sort of talk about, like, well, here's what went wrong, who didn't play well, what could we do differently? But all the talk is... How dare they let Latinos in the stadium? <laughs> yes, there's always what a what a like psychotic rationale. Like we gotta we gotta blame somebody. All right, the the the, the Latinos were mildly louder than we were. Uh, yeah, let's let's blame them. Which is again, if that is true, is your fault and our fault <laughs> as Americans that we allowed someone else to cheer harder in our house than they did. You know, yeah. it's ridiculous. So I look and I agree. I think it's smart to play a game where there might not be that many away fans. I think that's an incredibly smart thing. I don't know. I don't want to sit here and say that that's dumb. If we're playing Mexico with an important game, how about we don't play it on the border with Mexico? You know what I mean? <laughs> like yeah, that, that just makes sense. Yeah, that, of course. Uh, but to, but to blame. Yeah. But, yeah. To blame, but and to suggest that the that this result would have been any different with uh with, with a a pro u.s uh you know crowd is is ignorant i mean it, it, you know some people uh, obviously the the implication is like uh you know uh, hashtag too many latinos right they, they don't want to say right. it but but that's what they uh, that's what they mean uh and and to remove any of the responsibility and blame on the u.s team for being to for really I, I mean not that they played poorly like so so poorly but you know w w they they were they were trash they were trash yeah and they the they, U.S. played badly and it, you know Michael Bradley wasn't like I think it would have been better if it wasn't for all these goddamn brown people in the audience <laughs> I don't yeah, think that's exactly he probably didn't think that at all I I, I can't imagine a, a professional athlete genuinely. Being like, you know what? If the crowd was just really like more on board, I think we would have uh, played uh, much better. You know, uh, all the years that I put into training and all the time and effort that we've uh, uh, worked right. on building <laughs> exactly, chemistry. Yeah. That actually, you know what? That was actually well, it was kind of a waste of time. Uh, it was yeah. really uh, <laughs> U.S. soccer's responsibility to make sure that no one wearing a, a red Tico shirt walked in that, uh, you know, walked in that stadium. And it's really, they let us down. They let the country down. Yeah. And it wasn't me and my training that I've had since I was, I don't know, eight years old, spending yeah. at least 10,000 touches a day on a ball. No, no, no. What it was is you guys didn't sing loud enough. Yeah. You know that, you know, all that work my father, who was also, uh, was a player and coach, uh, you know, all the, all that training he did, uh, had nothing to do with any of this. Uh, no, none was, of it. <laughs> the know, drums. Actually, actually, my father, my father was a failure. He didn't. Yeah. Uh, he yeah. re he really made a uh, put all his effort into coaching and training me when he really should have been working on, uh, you know, being a sales rep for uh, U.S. soccer tickets. Right, crowd control, <laughs> crowd control, much more important to the success of a nation. It's so uh, stupid. It's it, so it, stupid, and and what it is is. It's projecting its misplaced anger. To some degree, I understand the anger of, you know, you want to play a home. Like, it's almost impossible for us to have home games against certain countries because you look around 
and they're way more ravenous than in the audience. I can understand that lashing out and being like, man, why can't we? But to suggest that that's the reason we lost or to suggest that it would be better off if we didn't. Like that's, in fact, I would almost say if, if, if an American, if the U.S. national team walked into a stadium and the audience was nothing but a sea of white people, it would be jarring. I'd be like, that would actually make them play worse. <laughs> <They're> like, <laughs> as they're looking yeah. around, like, not even one? There's not one dark yeah, person in this it, whole place? It, it does sound a little too much of like the white nationalist argument, you know? Like, 100%. Uh, <laughs> it's just like, what would it be better if it was, uh, you know, 30,000 white nationalists in there? Was that would that uh, kind of give them that that extra spunk uh, to, right. to really rep- <laughs> represent the country? <laughs> Great use of spunk, by the way. Uh, <laughs> I think the audience was nothing but proud boys wearing holding shields. Would that be <laughs> would that be better? Yeah, uh, it, you know what, what's what's bugging me is uh, the popularity of this argument. Uh, I don't know. Uh, I don't know how. You know, maybe it is. You know, maybe uh, like U- U.S. soccer Twitter can be a little bit of this echo cham- chamber. So it does sound like this this argument is valid, but but yeah, it's like I look through my timeline and it's like. This is all I see. I see a lot of people co- sort of genuinely making a complaint about this issue, and and it it, it, it can become like a, um, uh, you know how you know how BuzzFeed tends to compile uh, when somebody says uh, when there's a, a an issue like maybe like a public event going on, uh, you know, an award show or something, and then BuzzFeed will compile a, a, a list of tweets of uh, all the racist things people are saying about whoever like just whatever person uh viola davis let's say whatever they'll just like you you can easily search viola davis and and then some 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 angry word about about her and then uh uh and then you now you can like you can archive all these uh all these messages and that's what it sort of seemed like with uh, after the U.S. Costa Rica game, that it was just like an easily searchable thing to find out how racist people were being. Yeah, and it's what what I love about it is the time you spend complaining about that. You could have been complaining about how we played. We played extremely poorly. And if the idea was to have it, a, you know, let's let's talk about the stadium placement or the use of stadium, right? If the idea was to have it on an East Coast city, so that the uh, players playing in Europe would have an easier travel schedule, would play better because of the travel and whatnot. Um, what other city could they have gone to, right? To to sort of, you know, not even just to avoid Costa Rica fans, uh, but just where could they have gone to where they would have had more of a home field advantage? You can't play in Boston. That's turf, right? Yeah. Philly, Philly is no different than no different than playing it in Jersey because I think New Jersey has the highest population of Costa Ricans outside of Costa Rica. So. You get New Jersey and Philly, basically one and the other. Maybe when DC, when their stadium is built, you couldn't play it at RFK. You know, maybe you could have played at RFK, but that's not that much of a difference. I think what Atlanta's now out of the question because they're going to be on turf. So you have what Orlando? Orlando is the closest uh, East Coast city. Yeah, yeah, and and when it, I mean, you'll get you'll get a couple Costa Ricans in Orlando. I mean, of course, they're you everywhere. <laughs> you won't you can't have get any, away from them. Won't have any issue. Uh, <laughs> Uh, but it isn't. Um... And let's just put it straight: as you're Dominican, I'm Cuban, and you're Guan. We have both walked out of parties because there was too many Euro- too many Costa Ricans. <laughs> I mean, just you walk in sometimes, you're like, "This is too much. I gotta go." <laughs> no, you know what? It, 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 it's a dumb. Um, 
uh, look, like you like you did say, it, it, we're we're spending a lot of time talking about this and, and like trying trying to give validity to like, all right, well, what like to these people, like, well, where do you want to play? Uh, you know, I I had posted on uh on Twitter because um. Uh, you know, uh, our homie Jay Riddle had, had tweeted, uh, you know, uh, one of these comments uh, that, that somebody uh, had made. And I was just like, uh, you know what? We should play all the, all our games in Americanistan. Uh, maybe that'll be the best uh, location. Uh, you know, just just this this utopia where everyone is just, uh, you know, nobody's black or white or brown. Everybody's just red, white and blue. Uh, and they well, you support, know what? <laughs> they Build the stadium. Build a stadium in Guantanamo Bay. We're not doing anything else there right now. <laughs> Build it in Guantanamo Bay. Good little vacation spot after the <laughs> <Right>? game. <laughs> you know, the audience is filled nothing but insurgents. <laughs> you know? And they better can... sh- they better know who to show allegiance to. <laughs> and you know they're going to root for America <laughs> if you want to leave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, should consider it. Uh, yeah. I'm just saying it's an idea. Look, it, it, it's a it, the simple the simple answer is uh, the the any any American stadium should be this uh, fortress to some extent. But the the U.S. team at this point, uh, given especially how many more human beings live in the U.S. and the population and the talent pool, we should be light years ahead of Costa Rica. That's that's just without a doubt, without that, a doubt. That's that's so what, what should happen with losses like these is American fans of soccer, of, of, of the U.S. men's national teams should say, you know what? Losses like this shouldn't happen anymore. Uh, on on home soil. So what this should do is kind of, you know, inspire uh, U.S. fans to kind of demand more from U.S. soccer to set to maybe maybe set a standard uh, for what what every soccer stadium should be. Maybe every stadium should be grass. Maybe uh, uh, you know maybe uh, doing uh, promotion relegation. Uh, maybe removing, uh, you know, pay to play and, and, and changing uh, uh, the, the youth soccer setup. So instead of directing the anger. Do you have any idea like, how difficult everything you just said is? I mean, the easier yes. answer is just don't let Latinos in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what a what a simple of all like, uh, you know what? We're, we're brainstorming here, guys. No idea is a bad idea. So every- <laughs> <laughs> Put it on the board. Hey, 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 you guy! <laughs> uh, uh, hey, you guy with the with the swastika on his forehead. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I gotta be honest. Imagine he's like, it just seems really rude to not let Latinos in. You know? <laughs> All right, swastika. <laughs> All right, didn't see that one coming from swastika man. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> also, we should find out this guy's name. Um, <laughs> a, I think consistently it's, I think calling him swastika I think you're man. Imagine he's like, I'm actually pretty cool with it, guys. Uh, love the name. <laughs> um, got the tattoo is for a reason. Uh, it what it what it what it. I think you're 100 right. I think what it points to is we're clearly not where we need to be. And this this points to the question of of a conversation that I had recently here in Ireland. Are we better off missing this World Cup? No, from from a from a soccer marketing perspective, 
it would be very detrimental to the growth of the sport in the country. Would it? Would it? Because it would force us to ask the really tough questions and for the first time, I think, as a nation, answer them. We would have to sit here and reassess what we've done. Now, the only thing that, that makes me think, no, it wouldn't, is we would just point to Jurgen Klinsmann and go, he put us in too big of a hole. And, you know, which, again, you can also do here at the Gap of Downlow. Uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> but you put us in too big of a hole to be able to work out of. It's not Bruce Arena's fault. It's not, uh, you know, U.S. soccer's fault. When we all know that clearly this is a broken system that we're sort of trying to sort of, you know, uh, rig together and create a, you know, create a, a footballing or a soccering nation out of, and it doesn't seem to be working. And I think a symptom of that, if you look at, you know, this misplaced anger uh, towards how many Latinos or Costa Rica fans were in the stadium, the misplaced anger there is, why in every other country is it almost impossible for Americans to get tickets? You know, those tickets would have been purchased months ago by all of the ravenous fans of whatever country, you know, uh, you know, the U.S. is playing. Okay. Wait, so you're, the point you're making, uh, are you, I don't know what point you're making. I'm making, I'm saying that if we were to miss the World Cup or, you know, in these trying times, you know, uh, the loss to Costa Rica and all these difficult moments, we get the chance to really ask ourselves, what is, what is wrong? What did we do wrong? The only fear I have is if we miss the World Cup, you know, besides the fact that, yes, it would ab absolutely hurt the marketing of the sport. It would hurt us, me and you, as we're trying to sort of build, um, you know, this Cooligans into something even bigger. You know, having more soccer fans involved in the sport is a benefit to us. We would clearly lose that opportunity for another cycle. But at the same time, you look at it and go, you know, you, we would ask the tough questions. We would have to sit there and go, maybe what we're doing isn't right. The only thing I'm saying is I don't think that that would happen is because people would just turn around and go, well, clearly this was Jurgen Klinsmann's fault, not the fact that we don't have a set academy system uh, for, mo for a ton of teams across the country finding you know, talent, uh, the fact that we don't have small clubs finding talent, the fact that we don't pay solidarity payments, the fact that you know, you know, seven or eight of our teams play on turf and we're okay with that and we can never play uh, national games there, uh, you know, no promotion and relegation, which is limiting a lot of those uh, teams. You know that would be able to find talent and would make millions of dollars. You know, like uh, you know the guys who develop Neymar, all those things. Yeah, well, it, it's a good point, and it it uh, there's a very right it is. there's a very strong parallel with uh, with politics, right? Because people did say the same thing about uh, uh, about Trump being elected. That because Trump got elected, and there were so many people that were angry about it, that it 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 essentially made people more politically active and and you saw more activism you saw more people d really defending their beliefs and and uh, and their and their points of view and uh and that i i would argue that 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 is a possibility with uh with US soccer that if we don't make it to the to we if we don't make it to the world cup that possibly the that that uh anger could be directed at U.S. soccer to to make improvements and to make changes. Uh, so, I but it, it's one of those. It, it's it, same, the same with uh, with politics. Would I personally have wanted Trump in there? No. I mean, if you ask me a hundred times out of a hundred times, I would say no. I would not. You know, maybe maybe Hillary is status quo, whatever. But I even knowing that, 
I still wouldn't have gone with Trump, even especially if I knew we would be where we are now. So you know what I'm saying? So it, it's, right, I can't. Yeah, and I think I think I would say I agree with you, and I think a lot of, if not the majority of our listeners, uh, probably do. Hopefully, do maybe I don't know. It doesn't bother me. Whatever you are, I don't care as long as you're not a hateful person. But I agree with you, and but you know, looking at this, we're like, yeah, okay, this is bad, right? But we're creating what the bottom is. Do we need that in American soccer? Do we? Do we need Sunil Gulati to be like, oh my God, this can't continue? Do we need Don Garber to go and Dan Kordemanch to go, you know what? I'm not saying we go with Silva's deal. You know what I'm saying? Maybe that's not the best, but do we need something else? Even if it's something as simple as solidarity payments, which again, if you're listening and you don't know what that is, which it's academies that develop players get payments if the player gets sold, maybe that's it. You know, I, you know, maybe, you know, Dom Dwyer, again, who's an American, but all right, Dax McCarty, you, I'm sorry, Dom Dwyer isn't American, but. Dex McCarty, an American, he gets traded. I know it's TAM, but maybe, uh, you know, 10% of that in real dollars goes to, you know, whatever, the, the, the fucking, you know, Bay City Kickers or whatever team he was a part of growing up. And now the Bay City Kickers can go out and find more talent. Maybe that's what needs to happen. I mean, we can go on a, a, a you know, there's a laundry list of issues that... <laughs> that the, you, <laughs> right, and this is a podcast, so we should we, be. We, doing no, that. I mean we can go through each uh, a specific detail, but what really what we're talking about is uh, people directing their anger at U.S. soccer, as opposed to uh, a, a bunch of just random Costa Rica fans or uh, or uh, Latinos in general, or just any people who support teams that are not, uh, that are not the US men's national team it, it, it's it, it, it is a uh, that has nothing it has it it it, di- it dismisses the quality of play that Costa Rica did play and Costa Rica did play well you know the the go- right well but not really better than not us ju- they took those opportunities. We had a ton of opportunities in front of goal. Yes, uh, I mean, not. I wouldn't even. I wouldn't necessarily say a lot of high quality chances. But Costa Rica did. Uh, you know, the U.S. had a way more possession, and which was uh, pretty much expected. But Costa Rica, you know, the, the guy who scored both is, uh, you know, he 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 plays pretty well in the MLS. He's uh, Marco Ureña. Uh, plays in, in San Jose, uh, and he's a he's a pretty good scorer. He's a good option uh, outside of Wondolowski. So, and of course, don't forget Kaylor Navas. You yeah, know, who's, uh, who, who stood on his head in front <laughs> of him. It's not like they yeah they don't have uh, just some schlub uh, you know in net. I mean he's 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 a he's a Real Madrid keeper, so he knows what he's doing. Uh, You're damn right, he's a keeper. <laughs> uh, the <laughs> the one thing that pisses me off is we're gonna beat Honduras. We're going to end up going, even if we get a playoff, we're going to end up in the World Cup. And it's just going to gloss over all these issues. It's like, a, it's like a husband who beats his wife but fucks her really well and she doesn't care because, you know, whatever. You know what I mean? Like they have makeup sex and everything's fine. Like, you know, it's, it's, she needs to leave. We need to figure yeah. out. We can't keep, so, pa- wait, we can't pe- keep papering over these in this, issues. In this analogy, the U.S. soccer is beating us and also fucking us at the same time? I don't- <laughs> no, no, well... I think both of those things is true. Uh, well, actually, the U.S. soccer team's not beating anybody right now, um, including us. No, we're the beaten wife. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the U.S. soccer is the beaten wife, where we just sort of maintain this status quo uh, and nothing ever changes. And I'm not one of these people that says burn it to the ground and start over. But sometimes you need to have those really, really strong looks in the mirror and go, is what we're doing right well, right now? And I don't I'd know say- that. 
You know, we're papering over I these say, errors. I'd say this. If you are a beaten wife, burn that motherfucker to the ground. Burn him. Burn everything yeah. he owns. Uh, because there's no, <laughs> there's no tolerance for any of that. Wholeheartedly. <laughs> and I, I want every, all the fans to know that we as cooligans stand on the side of the wife during these situations. Without a doubt. But, but you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, burning the house down doesn't solve the issue. Get rid of him. You know what okay. I mean? Is what I'm trying to say. Like, you know, and again, if he's in there, then go ahead and burn the house down. But, uh, you know, what I'm saying is we're not getting rid of the issue. And the, the big issue here, the big elephant in the room that everyone's sort of afraid to talk about. And yes, U.S. soccer has made so many strides. And the fandom is incredible. And American Outlaws do a great job, whether you like them or not. I know a lot of people that are fans of the American National even don't like the Outlaws. That's fine. But you cannot deny all of the hard work and all of the benefits that have been created U.S. soccer is starting to listen to his fans and starting to develop and, and, and progress forward. And the fans doing the hard work themselves and saying, you know what? We're going to make sure that people can get together in all these major cities and have a place to go where like-minded individuals are going to go and watch the game. And we're going to rally to get fans to the games and stuff. That's incredible. All those things are wonderful. I'm not saying all that needs to go away. But clearly, we are either not doing enough or working around these issues that we have that do not solve it. Now, I do not think promotion and relegation is going to solve everything. It won't. Look, I think a lot of good things may come out of that, but it's not going to solve everything. And I don't necessarily think that, you know, this other thing is going to solve everything. We need to take a little bit of everything and start to do those things. We need to start looking at what are we not doing that other nations are. There is zero reason, zero reason why Costa Rica, where it has the majority of its players, are playing in leagues like MLS. There is zero reason why they're beating us at home. Zero reason. Yeah. Yeah, they... it's not our domestic league. It's nothing. Mike, you just said Arena plays here. Rodney Wallace plays here. Matarita plays here. These players play here. Yeah, they're not. Kaylor Navis, sure, but you know our goalkeeper was in Europe too. Okay, like you know all of these. There's there's things that are broken, and we need to fix them. That's it. Yeah, I mean, preach, brother, preach. Uh... <laughs> Burn it to the ground. <laughs> Everybody meet me at the gap of down low, <laughs> and we will solve this eventually. So uh, <laughs> there, there were this is the international break. So there were a couple other things that did happen, and we we spoke about how excited we were, we were that David Villa, la, uh, you know, last week uh, was called in to the Spanish national team. Uh, David did get to play. He did play against Italy. He came. And the crowd they went, went wild. Nuts. They were they were screaming. Uh, uh, Nick, uh, our 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 boy Nick Cicolone, He was uh, he's currently in Madrid, and uh, he was outside the the stadium, and he you, you could hear the chants for El Guaje uh, outside uh, outside uh, outside of Madrid. So that was uh, pretty pretty cool. So he d- something yeah, special. So he did get to play. Played a couple minutes. Got a couple touches. Uh, and sadly. <sighs> The next, I think the next two days after that, or the day after, uh, it was announced uh, after a training session, Villa injured apparently his uh, his adductor, which was which was the injury that Tim Howard had last year that took him out of the. Which I'm I'm glad that someone who tried to abduct him got injured. <laughs> you know, correct. Uh, it was uh, they were they were filming <laughs> Taken Four, and <laughs> and, and Liam Neeson stands no chance against Aguaje. Uh, 
so uh, this it's like a it's a ham it's like a hamstring uh in- injury or it's like a more of a, a, a more of a groin hamstring ish injury uh so n- we don't know yet how serious it is but it was enough to knock via out of uh the the, the next match against uh Liechtenstein uh that's uh that's happening on uh, uh that happened yesterday this is the podcast is coming out uh on Wednesday so it happened which yeah, which by the way would have been a great opportunity for him to not only play but also yeah. score because Liechtenstein not a powerhouse. Yeah, and also Italy is not a powerhouse because they lost three nothing. <laughs> they did not. <laughs> they got dominated. My favorite tweet was yours, which uh, clearly they're not to the level of <laughs> yeah, MLS. Yeah, the Italian national team has a lot of work to do to catch up to MLS. So uh, yeah, for sure. And you know, it's about time they they start looking at what are the hard answers <laughs> to these hard questions. Yeah, because they have they're having some issues. Uh, what I don't know if you saw this game. This game was pretty good. Uh, Isco Isco was. Unreal, I, and and we saw Isco uh, live, you know, at the MLS All Star Game, and and that was one of the takeaways I had. I was just like, yo, this dude Isco, I I don't, you know, I'm not a, a fan of Real Madrid. I don't really watch that many games, and also Isco last season wasn't getting uh, so much playing time necessarily. There was there was a lot of competition, but now it's looking like one Isco is is gonna be the, just a man at Real Madrid, and also. Might be you know the next El Guaje, and and the, and might be the guy leading uh, the Spanish national team to World Cup because he played so well, and we all saw uh, the 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 videos of him uh, nutmegging uh, uh, Marco Verratti. Uh, he just embarrassed him, uh, and and yeah, he got that free kick. The the dude is just on fire. So I, I and let me tell you something. He wasn't playing last year, and. You know, Zidane sat James Rodriguez so that he could play Isco. And that his confidence in Isco has given Isco all this confidence to play this well. We clearly knew he had the skill. He played well. I believe he was at Malaga before Real Madrid. Oh, all this credit goes to Zinedine Zidane, which isn't it insane that we may in a few years look back and go, Zinedine Zidane is a better manager than he was a player. <laughs> isn't this the most insane Thing you've ever yeah, heard. Yeah, I mean, look, his uh, his tenure so far at at Real Madrid has been nothing but success. I mean, you can't really make any arguments. I know, uh, you know, when Rafa Benitez left, there was a lot of like uh, questions about what Real Madrid would look like. But holy smokes, uh, yeah, it, whatever. I mean, what you they have a lot of high quality at Real Madrid, but like, but seeing Isco play that game. Uh, you know, and Villa, Villa uh, then came in for him, but it, it really was th- that um, changing of the guard kind of thing. That, that that's what it, uh, it it was very symbolic, uh, and you know, just Villa coming in and getting that like, uh, uh, you know, I mean, not not in a pathetic way, but like uh, the the giving him a, another run run around the course, you know, so. <laughs> It's like a, a curtain call. call. It was like a nice yeah, curtain call. Uh, not, not implying uh, Villa's. Uh, I, like, I would have loved to see Villa play again, uh, you know, start a match and really see what he could have uh, given. Like, do you think this injury will affect uh, the possibility of Villa getting called in again in the future for the Spanish national team? Yeah, every, I think everyone knows that this was his last hurrah, even if. Unless he came in and, you know, Alvaro Morata really stunk it up, which he did. And Villa came in and just, like, you know, scored, you know, one or two goals in those five minutes, three minutes he had. 
Um, if it wasn't for that, I don't think they would have given him a serious look for the World Cup. Although, when you think about it, other than the fact that he's, that he's gotten injured here, there really is no reason for them not to bring him in for the World Cup. He's clearly someone that could score off the bench. He's clearly someone that might be needed in, you know, in the last few minutes. And even if he's not needed, I don't think of him as a luxury player. This isn't you know, you know, someone like a George Best at the tail end of his career. You know what I mean? This is someone getting that that is playing at a high level and will, if given a chance to score, will will score. Yeah, I I, I think it would be. This is like the worst case scenario. Like just just him getting injured because it does uh, have that implication of like, oh, he's too old to keep up, and that's. Yeah, that's what 100%. bothers me the most because I personally, especially you know, watching, getting to see Via every week here uh, in in New York, I know that's not the case. You know, I, and it's just so unfortunate and uh, I, and just like an annoying setback on what could have been like a really really cool uh, story. Right, it's like someone you know you you want you know you want to whatever like. They're on their way to go do something good, and their car breaks down, and everyone's gonna look at them like they're a bad person. It's the same thing. Like the, he was on his way to proving a point for you know for there was so much riding on this, and uh, you know the way the way I even look at it, and you could see some of the videos that we've posted recently. Like sort of the tone was if if Villa had scored in this situation, that might have even been a positive for Giovinco, you know, because they were playing against Italy, and Italy's like you know what, look how well he's playing, and he plays in MLS. Jovinko's playing better than David Villa in, in a lot of instances in that same league. Maybe we should look yeah. at him. That would have been such a great opportunity for Jovinko. Yeah, there was a lot, right? You know, Villa wasn't just playing for himself or 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 represent or just representing like NYCFC. He was representing, uh, you know, MLS. I, I wouldn't even be surprised if like Jovinko gave David a call, like, "Yo, you want to bring the heat? Because yo, there's a lot riding on this." You know, <laughs> yeah. Could you do something with this? <laughs> you can make me look good by playing for the Spanish national team. That'd be nice. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, I do, I do love that <laughs> Javinko's giving you sending him texts like, "You got this, bro." <laughs> <laughs> Yo, can you please embarrass Italy for me? Do it. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, so th- yeah, that was uh, 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 you know d- disappointing, but you know we'll, we'll go forward. Hopefully the injury is not too serious because uh, you know he's coming back to uh, NYCFC. I think he's coming back to New York early and uh, uh, and not traveling with the team to Spain. So there's there's so that so that's done. There's no uh, possibility of him uh, you know getting any uh, you know oh, again. So this happened already because uh, we're recording this before the game. But you, you guys, you guys get what's going on. So we'll see uh, what what happens. So uh, a couple other things because Alexis uh, is in Ireland, and the, you know, the, and I've got to run. Yeah, so this <laughs> episode will be uh, a tad shorter. But uh, there were a couple MLS matches. There were four MLS matches, and uh, and you know what? Well, let's start by saying how bad is Orlando? <laughs> they let LA beat them. That's no, no, no. Orlando played are. New England. Uh, college. Colorado. I'm sorry. How bad is yes. Colorado? Col- yeah. Uh, well, listen. Uh, Orlando also played so badly that New England beat them. <laughs> so again, how bad are both of those teams? L.A. and uh, New England walked away with wins. L.A. looked terrible, but they got the yeah. win. Uh, Bo Teng with a nice goal. Alessandrini, I believe, had a uh, yeah, penalty. And, and Jazzy Zard is getting his first goal of the season. Yeah, that's right. Wow. <laughs> Opening his account. Yeah. 
at the end of the season. I think it's almost winner. This guy's getting finally getting a goal. Uh, <laughs> Jeez. Uh, yeah, I think he he starts his season at the same time as the as Europe does, you know, in the Premier League. So he he wants to, <laughs> he right, starts yeah. an That's how bad he wants to go to Europe. He's already on their schedule. <laughs> He's like, no, this uh this this preseason, you know, these games that actually matter in the preseason. <laughs> I don't get how America does this stuff, but I I start scoring in September. Yeah. That's my that's. He's like, hey, LA Galaxy, why are we always on preseason tour in America? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> why don't we do it somewhere else? Yeah, why are these fans getting so mad at me? Uh, it's only preseason, guys. Yeah. <laughs> Chill out. By the way, this is a really long preseason. <laughs> why do we do the All-Star game in the middle of preseason? Very just, you know, America, they, they got a lot to figure out. Uh, but LA yeah. did win this game three to nothing. Uh, Colorado... Uh, but but Why are both we talking about both this of these game? teams. I mean, what it what you know? What, at least somebody won. I mean, how it, it would have been so <laughs> disappointing and sad if if they drew this game. <laughs> Just like, if if there was a way for two teams to lose the same match, for both teams to take no points away, this yeah, too would have. I mean, if, if this like ended in a nil nil draw, like I mean, I I would if if there was a, a a mass suicide in the stadium, I would be like, okay, well that's understandable. Uh, <laughs> well, listen, I mean, I get it. You know? <laughs> can't blame them. Uh, uh, so, yeah, yeah. So both both these teams uh, uh, a nightmare, and uh, I think both of them kind of just hope their season to, uh, can be over with. But t- technically, both of these teams still have a possibility to make it to the playoffs if they just win out. Uh, and which is a clear cut sign that there's too many people left <laughs> in the playoffs. And um, Montreal played uh, uh, played against Chicago and. Uh, Montreal has been on a pretty good streak the last uh, the last couple of weeks, but they lose this game. And Chicago's been on the, the opposite. opposite. Yeah, <laughs> Chicago wins this game one nothing uh, with a goal from Bastian Schweinsteiger, and uh, a couple inch- after he got raked in the leg. Okay, too. yeah, he it was. You know what? I I was watching this game live, and I was I understood the the yellow. Then there was a video review for uh for a red card, and. I I don't know. I didn't agree with it. I I I get that it was like uh semi dangerous. Uh but that's not semi dangerous. You could snap, you can give a compound fracture. Snap is like like a chicken wing. You can't have your studs up on the top of the ball. You can't do it. Yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, so I mean it, the red card was issued to uh Dean uh Boldor, uh the the center back, I uh, I believe he was center back for Montreal. And yeah, and if you don't remember, he used to play for Harry Potter FC with a name like that. <laughs> yeah, that was a, a, a strong side. Uh, they 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 did they did well in the U.S. Open Cup. Those guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You may not remember them. <laughs> um, but I I personally I I get the 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 seriousness of the foul. I, I he he did rake his leg. He didn't he 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 didn't catch it directly. Uh. So I, I I understand the yellow there. I don't see a red. That's my opinion. But I, like, I get I get the red by like letter of the law to some to some extent. But I don't think he caught him clean enough. Uh, where it it it, it was a, a a straight red, a deserved red. I I I get the yellow, but not the red. But that's that's just me. That was a straight red. There's there's no other way to look at it. It's I mean I get what you're saying, but there's just zero other way to look at it. That was a straight red. Well, uh, you know, and he he did like uh he wasn't angry. 
Uh, he he shook the he shook the yeah he shook the the ref's, the ref's hand. hand afterwards and uh you know not not used to seeing that that was a a good uh, display I, I don't honestly my initial uh, uh reaction to to the red was a little bit uh like not favoritism but it's a it, like if this didn't happen to Bastian Schweinsteiger I think it it would have been a yellow. It, that did cross my mind. I'm not saying that that's a definitive thing. No, I can't agree with you on that. I think if this would have happened to anybody, it's a red card. That's a red card every day. I honestly don't know how you don't see that. I, you cannot put your foot up and have the bottom. Your studs cannot touch another player's leg. Like, you just can't do that. That's put it, That's dangerous. That's really dangerous. You play. I don't even play, and I know that's dangerous. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I, I, I Maybe, I, you know, I saw the, the, the replay several times, and he did, like... He did scrape uh, the leg, but I just don't think he caught him clean enough to deserve a red. That's well, that's my, just my everyone, opinion. You know but, how Christian Polanco is. No blood, no foul. <laughs> but I do understand the the. I know the rule, uh, but I, I think the circumstance of how serious it was matters to some to some degree. And also, let's, uh, you know, if Bastion can't have those giant tree trunks for legs, this is the perfect scenario where he's more protected than any other player. Yeah, a hockey goalkeeper's leg pads, that's what Bastion Schweinsteiger has for caps. <laughs> you know, like, it's ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah, it's almost impossible to not catch him, but your foot can't be up that high I get it. in that situation. So that's it. You're done. Yeah, that's right. And then a couple minutes later, uh, we get a goal from, uh, from Bastion Schweinsteiger. So it, uh, yeah, but, you know, one of the things that I think – I think is most important and uh, maybe isn't talked enough. I forgot who put it on, on Twitter. Is uh, you know as important as Bastian Schweinsteiger and Juninho and and Dax and McCarty and all these other players and Delu and and Nemanja Nikolic and you know again uh, a very a very close friend of mine Nemanja Nikolic. <laughs> um, all of these all these people are as important as they are. Games when Matt Polster starts. <laughs> if you look up that stat when Matt Polster plays, who by the way played incredibly well this match. When Matt, when Matt Polster plays, they win. They very rarely lose. I think they've only lost twice when he plays. When he doesn't play, they've lost like six. So he clearly is the most important person on that pitch. So they, they, I mean, if you're Chicago, you need to have Matt Polster there. That's there it. were some uh, people also saying that uh, they did win without Dax, and that was uh, was one of the reasons, which I don't agree because they did play very well with Dax. So I, I don't really uh, get that mentality. Um, but the... They, you know, even with um, with ten men uh, that Montreal had, I, I really felt like Chicago should be taking an advantage. Uh, they, I mean, they, and they should have scored more. And you know, but uh, David Akam also wasn't there because uh, yeah. But if you look at it, and I agree with you. They they barely won this one, even though the other team, even though Montreal was down to ten. Um, but again, it was on the road. And they, they eked out a win, which maybe builds them back up to that juggernaut we saw before All-Star game. So I don't think – don't take too much away from this. Okay. Uh, I mean uh, – well, no. I'm, I, I, just, I, I just disagree with the, that this is uh, a, a point like where, where they're, they're getting back into form. Because I think with – I mean, we saw the game against NYCFC and how they played when they were, when they were up a man. And and we see it again here, and they're, and that was also on the road, and they and they 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 they, they don't they're not as dominant as they probably should be, and and it, it just suggests that maybe there's 
something going on, some issue tactically that that when they're upper man, they're not, they're not as like uh, they're not you know they're not playing as well as they as they really should be. So that's all. That's all I'm saying. Uh, Maybe you're right, uh, and I don't have I don't have too much time. I have about two minutes left before I got to run, but I do want to talk about Red Bull versus Dallas, which I didn't get to ma- I didn't get to watch, and I'm kicking myself in the ass for not being able to watch that match. That looked like it was one of the most exciting endings. Yeah, that was that match was incredible. I, I was watching it uh, live was uh was intense. You know, I also this game was on Unimas right uh, in in the U.S. Uh, so on on Univision essentially, and the uh the 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 announcers I, I i watched it in spanish and uh the the spanish announcers were hilarious they were just make they were making great jokes and they were also very uh I, I, you know I, I don't watch too many of the broadcasts on unimas in spanish and they were they did a thing i really enjoyed which was they know that there's fans of liga mex watching and they they speak about the they they praise mls uh, on the they do and on the broadcast. I wish more people. I wish there was. I wish their English uh, announcers had the level of skill that they do because uh, they have great banter back and forth. It's a lot of fun watching. It's also a lot more active. Yeah, you know they call the game a lot more actively, which I like. I know you had said earlier that there was someone who calls it like he's on radio, and you didn't like that. I happen to love that style. It's a very Latin American style. I happen to love that style of uh, the way they call the game. Um, and I, I prefer watching it, honestly, with the Spanish announcers um, from Unimas, not so much from ESPN. It was a great moment with because uh, th- there was a red card in the first half issued uh, a second yellow to Jacory Hayes. Uh, and, uh, and he he totally deserved it. Completely understandable. But <laughs> there was a great moment when the Spanish announcers because the the one of the announcers didn't know how to pronounce Jacori, so you know you yeah. would say Jacori. He he was Jacori. He, he would say Jacori, Jacori, and, yeah. and then the other guy was like, "Oh, Jacori, Jacori." <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. like in Spanish means like I I just ran. That's what. I, yeah, I already ran. <laughs> so he was like what my wife would tell like what I would tell my wife if she was like, "Hey, did you work out?" Jacori. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that it was just a fun. It's a stupid. Very silly pun, but Cooligans, it is high-quality Cooligans uh, uh, jokes uh, like that that could make it on the air, and and it's it's great silly banter from uh, from two two announcers. And it's fun. It's fun to watch and hear them. Yeah, very, you know, they're having fun at the same time that we exactly. are. Exactly. Um, but I will say that I cannot believe that Hedges hit the crossbar with that header. That was ridiculous. That was Zimmerman. That was Zimmerman. Hedges. Zimmerman, sorry. Uh, yeah, so uh, – but – yeah, th- those last three minutes were incredible. But again, the Red Bulls, you're up a man. What the? Dallas looked amazing with ten men. They played so so well. Uh, and they were. They, I mean, it looked like they, it was twelve on uh, eleven. You know, it seemed like Dallas had more players than. Th- well, you know what it is. It's the Red Bulls like to play with space, and uh, or they like to compact everything. And when you're ten men, you go as wide as you can and create more space. That's very anti what the rebels do, so it almost counts against what they do. Yeah, th- but I will say Mule, Mule looked like he played well, or not Mule. Who was the kid that scored? I can't remember. Aaron, that kid's Aaron name. Long. Aaron Long scored. Aaron Long. Aaron Long looked like he played well. That's his first. Sasha first goal. That was his first uh, MLS goal for Aaron Long. So that was a big deal. What a wonderful, what a wonderful thing. I gotta run. <laughs> I gotta go. Okay, so uh, I yeah, I wish we could talk more about <laughs> this game specifically because it was it was really really good. But whatever, Luis Robles, he he played very very well. All right, so Alexis does have to go. 
But uh, we have I gotta we run. have another uh, segment coming up, and that's gonna be awesome. So I'm I'm gonna have uh, a little chat with Nate Aburea, and Nate is uh, he's a journalist. Uh, he writes for Soccer Nation, uh, and he calls games. He, he does calls it all, games, and he he covers a lot of uh, Liga MX uh, in in Southern California. Uh, and he's a great dude. Uh, he's a uh, huge Cholos fan. Exactly. So uh, we're we're gonna get some. Uh, uh, a little insight on, uh, you know, uh, a little bit more about this uh, U.S. soccer uh, kind of xenophobia that exists. Uh, and and maybe we'll talk about a little bit of Liga MX. Maybe we can uh, learn a thing or two about, uh, you know, th- uh, that league down there. So, uh, all right. So, all right. Have a good conversation. <laughs> yeah, it'll be fun. So, uh, goodbye, Alexis. Enjoy Ireland. Uh, we'll see you when, you when you get back, buddy. All right. Take it easy. Hey guys, Christian here. Quick break. I just want to let you guys know about something called Vocal Threads. Vocal Threads is a company uh, that we are working with and they make scarves. They are passionate soccer fans, so they make soccer scarves. But it's not for a team. Yeah, it's not for a team. It's for a, uh, you know, for a bigger cause. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, so they have a they have a couple cool scarves, like uh, one that says resist and then on the other side of it, it says uh, love trumps hate. Yeah, and they have the other one, which is uh, immigrants make America great. And on the other side, it says unidos somos Mas, which so, is really cool. United, we are more. Exactly. So this is a, a really cool, uh, just very, very symbolic, and uh, you know, kind of speaking to what, where we are currently as a nation. Uh, but they, uh, they but do instead so- of just showing support for a club, you're showing support for a cause, uh, yeah. just, uh, just love and 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 people being together and not hating each other. Which <laughs> and is it's not, nice. And it's not just all talk. The twenty five percent of the. Uh, proceeds from uh, from each scarf goes come to us, right? Come to us. No, they don't yeah. come to us, which would be very strange. Right? <laughs> don't donate to yeah, the, to we're, us. We're doing great work, and we're really Hooligans helping. Trump hate <laughs> helping heal the world. No, twenty five percent goes to the ACLU and other really cool. Uh, yeah, the, the, the ACLU, depending on which scarf you purchase, uh, it, it can either go to ACLU or the or Kind, which is the the Kids in Need of Defense, uh, which is a a, a nonprofit uh, and and an organization organization that helps uh, refugee children, uh, you know, with education and uh, just other uh, things that just that are necessary when uh, when you are refugees to, to, you know, it can be a tough life. Uh, so go to shopvocalthreads.com and pick up a scarf. Uh, you will be helping yourself. You will be helping uh, good people uh, across the world. Uh, so make sure you do that. So go to shopvocalthreads.com. All right, well we're back, guys. Uh, this is this is exciting. This is exciting for me. Alexis is not here, so I haven't done an interview one on one in a long time. So I'm glad uh, I'm here with this gentleman uh, without Alexis, so he won't have to like ruin the interview because uh, we all know he normally does. Uh, but this is gonna be uh, this is dope. We're excited because uh, the the following guest is uh, he's a, a writer for Soccer Nation. He's a, a, a host of uh, a podcast, a Soccer Nation podcast as well. And uh, he's a dude who uh, I've been wanting to speak to for, for a long time. Alexis as well. He's, he is very sad he can't be here. But everyone, please welcome Nate Abaurea, everybody. What's up, Christian? Good to be here, man. I'm, uh, I'm, I'm bummed Alexis can't join us. I'm glad he's not able to uh, ruin the interview, but maybe he'll do what he does in spirit. Maybe I'll, I'll have a fruit bowl 
sent to my office right now and I'll, somehow he'll manage to get in there yeah that'll be that'll be a good gift uh, and a good apology I, you know what and thank you for uh for referencing that because uh uh you've always been very uh supportive of of what we've been doing and and you know i want to genuinely say a thank you uh, on the air so that people people know that yeah you're you're you know you're a cool again supporter and and we're very grateful of that I am a, a very, very passionate supporter of worlds of stand-up comedy and the beautiful game colliding. And you guys have managed to bring together two of my greatest loves in the world and make it into a pretty cool podcast. So, yeah, cheers. Thanks, man. Yeah, that's been, uh, uh, you, you know, when this was our big concern when we started, right? We were... Uh, uh, we were like, hey, we're comedians and we want to talk about soccer. Uh, so no one's going to take us seriously. And, and you are you are a proper journalist. You're like uh, a, a real journalist, man. And you, uh, uh, and you were one of the f- uh, first few like uh, uh, credentialed and valid <laughs> journalists that were like, hey, what you guys are doing is, is all right. You know, <laughs> so, so it actually made us feel very, very good. You guys, you guys are legit. You get if if I, I hope I gave you a bump somehow. I hope that <laughs> meant something in, in actuality. I think it. I think it did because w- just when uh, like anybody who's uh, you know who we feel we consider legitimate, even even tweets at us. Uh, that in itself, just just from we went from uh, just two comedians being idiots at com- at a comedy club to like uh, Alexi Lawless. Uh, being on the show, so I mean, w- the, the leap uh, of of uh, credibility is is insane. So th- that so just people even tweeting at us and, and uh, welcoming us is is you know w- we're very grateful for that. So I just wanted to make sure I, I told you that because <laughs> you know. So well, thanks for thanks for starting this off with uh, just the the love fest of <laughs> September twenty seventeen here. This is magnificent. Exactly. I'm in, right. a very, I'm in a very good mood now. I'm in a really happy mood now. Th- Thank that you. that's how I try to warm people up. And now we get to the hard hitting questions. Uh, it's like a, it's like a stern interview. Uh, so uh, no so. Nate, I I've always enjoyed your work, and I've I've uh, read a lot of your articles for Sacro Nation, and you do a couple of things. So maybe uh, for the people who don't know who you are, we can get a little bit of background of uh, of what you do and and your uh, beginnings of soccer. I know you as uh, the guy who writes for Sacro Nation, and you do you cover a lot of uh, U.S. soccer and Liga MX in English, correct? Indeed, I love being a part of the ever-growing movement of uh, Liga MX's English language coverage. Be sure to use the hashtag Liga MXENG, which was uh, started by a very respected colleague of uh, yours truly, Tom Marshall uh, of uh, ESPN FC, and everyone got on board with that uh, back in 2016, and it's just taken off. It's awesome. It puts all of the English language coverage of Liga MX, something that has been... Uh, a market that's been underserved uh, for a long time for a lot of different reasons that we don't have nearly enough time to to get into (laughs) right now. But what's happening right now is there's this incredible movement uh, towards more and more English language coverage of uh, the most popular soccer league in America, which is Liga MX. So uh, it's, it's been brilliant. And uh, living here in San Diego, uh, where I moved about a year and a half ago, originally 
from Northern California. I'm a Santa Cruz County, Watsonville, California boy, and lived way up north, up in Humboldt and Shasta for a while, and have bounced all around the Golden State, but now find myself for the last year and a half, yeah, living down here all the way at the bottom of the state uh, here in SD, and I work quite often, quite frequently down in uh, Tijuana, covering uh, the Cholos of Club Tijuana and uh, covering Mexican soccer kind of through this uh, Tijuana lens and uh, the, the football sin fronteras movement of uh, Cholos is just a beautiful thing to, to be a part of. I was very late to the party, but the party's still going strong down there, and I encourage uh, you, Alexis, and anybody listening to this podcast uh, to please come out and uh, join yours truly and uh, my work colleagues, my, my friends, and, and the Cholo familia uh, down there. Uh, in Tijuana for uh, for a tailgate party and a match sometime. We we would love love to have you. And uh, yeah, it's it's good times out here in San Diego and Tijuana. A lot brewing. NASL coming to San Diego uh, this next year. So we're very excited about that with uh, Soccer Nation. But the uh, the Liga MX coverage is definitely something that I'm glad you spotlighted because that's something that has meant a lot to me for my entire life. My hometown was about a 80% Latino population. I'd say most of that was all Mexican-American, and uh, there was a, a fervor, a passion for, for Mexican soccer growing up in uh, Watsonville, and it's amazing to be able to, to truly be a part of it as a writer, as a play-by-play broadcaster off and on, uh, actually over the last year or so, uh, with Cholos and uh, Azteca America uh, here in San Diego. And this week... I will be going a little further south for the first time, actually heading down uh, to Mexico City to take in Estadio Azteca in the flesh, uh, America taking on Veracruz on Saturday, and then I'll actually be seeing the Cholos of Club Tijuana uh, take on Pumas at uh, Estadio Universitario on Sunday afternoon. So uh, big, big week ahead, and I'm glad to to start it with you here on Labor Day, Christian. <laughs> Sweet, man. So, uh, And that brings up a, a couple other things, you, and you, you're mentioning Liga Américas and the and its popularity uh in in the US you know uh, uh, Alexis and I admittedly we made that that uh that jump that commitment to to focus on MLS and and to focus on the the uh, growing that league uh you know with, with Liga Américas we I, I personally am very uh it's it's I mean, I'm, I'm, no pun intended. It's very foreign to me. You know what I'm saying? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, uh, I, I've just been um, not not necessarily like uh, to me f- following uh, Liga MX and MLS seems uh, overbearing. Uh, but th- that's probably me just making a complaint because I, re- I I watch Premier League matches, so I, I could I could probably find the time. Uh, but what do you think? It, it you know, or, or maybe you can. Uh, speak to the why is Liga Mekis the most uh, popular league and not uh, and obviously it's been around for a very long time uh, much longer than MLS but what do you think makes it um, easier uh, for certain fans especially the the uh, Latino American fans to to follow Liga Mekis over their their uh, maybe hometown club in in the U.S. Well, it's that's a really interesting one for us here in San Diego, where the hometown club is 
the Cholos of Club Tijuana and, and with all the MLS drama and stadium drama and stadium renderings and land <laughs> battles that we've been dealing with here in San Diego over the last year with the, the MLS to SD movement that I don't want to call, uh, I don't want to say is completely failed because there still is this glimmer of hope that uh, that could happen, but it was halted. Uh, it, uh, uh, some major, major roadblocks uh, were put up in the uh, FS investors and uh, MLS to SD efforts so it's it's kind of an interesting one speaking to you from san diego where the hometown team actually is the cholos of of tijuana and you're talking i'm, I'm sitting here in the the south park neighborhood of san diego and I'm, I'm 20 miles from estadio caliente i'm 20 miles from where club america are going to be taking on cholos uh on mexican independence day on uh, on the 15th of september coming up here in uh, in less than two weeks and it's it's a funny thing because Built-in loyalty and built-in fandom is what makes that line true. It makes it true that Liga Mackeys is the most watched and most followed league, soccer league, in the United States of America. It's the built-in Mexican-American fandom that just kind of exists by default, by, by the fact that this thing has been around forever and everyone has a backstory, every family has a backstory of who they've supported for, for going back generations, which ties back into the, the English language movement, because y- it, you would think that with something like that, you can, Christian, you can watch a Premier League game in, what, 85 different languages? Give or take, you know, per, sure. per match. I mean, wait, wait, but like, when you when you hear the British announcers, you can barely understand it. So I'd rather watch it in any <laughs> other language. <laughs> this is the thing. This is the thing is that you can watch a Premier League match in in you could watch a La Liga match in in a hundred different languages. Why can't you watch a Liga Mayakis one in two? Why can't we? Why can't we have a second uh, uh, language of of this league and especially? With the 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 growing demographic, the important demographic that is the the, the Mexican American millennial, and and this movement of of language and and movement of culture, um, it's something that's very important to me. And uh, bilingualism is something that, when I see it being suppressed by anyone, I I get a little bit little bit uppity and a little bit uh, yeah. you know, popping popping out <laughs> towards the edge of my seat because. Um, we should not suppress bilingualism. And when I say that, it, it, it is suppressed from a few different angles, actually. And there's, like I said, there's a few different reasons why it's taken this long for uh, the English language movement to really kick in uh, as far as coverage of Liga Mayakis. But, uh, you know, it's it's something that, that I'm hopeful will, uh, will continue to take off. And, you know, next year this time we'll be talking about network showing games all over already with the the Univision stuff on Facebook Live has been fantastic uh with my good buddy Nico Contor uh doing doing a lot of the commentaries uh on those but you know hopefully the clubs down in Mexico get more behind this and uh I think you're going to start seeing this actually transitioning back to to your original question here really is you're going to start seeing a a strong fusion I feel between uh, the the direction that Major League Soccer is going and, and the direction that Liga Mayakis is going. And that's going to have some speed bumps uh, in and of itself. But I really feel like uh, there's there's a lot to be gained uh, in terms of creating fans who throughout a weekend will watch a Liga Mayakis game and 
watch an MLS game and enjoy both of them because I mean, those at, people do exist. At that point, you just have to be a couch potato and not mo- not leave your television because it, they'll be on all <laughs> absolutely all day. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm curious about uh, one thing because I I wh- what's your background? Uh, specifically, I mean, I presume Abarrea. I'm. I, there's. It sounds like a very, uh, uh, you know, Hispanic last name. But uh, visually, there, there is that. Like uh, when I when I first saw you, I'm just like, oh, this looks like a white dude that loves Latino things. Visually, uh, <laughs> ooh, now we're now we're getting into the good stuff, and I, I know we're going to talk about that USA Costa Rica piece yeah. that I uh, uh, posted a couple of nights ago. So this is a lovely little transition that you're uh, taking us on here, Christian. Yeah, because because that that mu- the optics are a reality, and and that will affect people's <laughs> perceptions of you. So there there is that uh, that that is a a thing you must uh, deal with. So I'm just curious uh, about your background. Yeah, the no, the the two R's in my last name. They just uh, they open doors into uh, the the world of Latino soccer. No, uh, my yeah, name you know, is you actually, know, it'd be great. Uh, you know, it'd be great if like on on uh, if there was like. Uh, uh, a job you're applying for, you can take out one R and then possibly get a, a, a second, you know, get a callback. And then if you, uh, uh, you know, if it's like a race, some racist company, you could just remove the R and you get a, more likely to get called in for that interview. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, what, what is this? Like xenophobic wheel of fortune? Like, can I, can I get an R? I need, a, I need another R. Give me an R. Wait, no, no, I don't want an R. It's no, a, I want a vowel. It is one of those, you know, I've, I've read a, a lot of articles of, uh, you know, uh, people uh especially uh mexican americans or so or or just latinos that are named like juan right and but when they 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 apply for a job and then they they send the 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 application again or they send their resume again uh, with john instead of juan as the first name and they get they're more likely to get a phone call from uh, from that employer well Christian, uh, <laughs> not here, uh, would like to tell you that my last name is actually uh, of Basque origin. Nice. Uh, my, my Basque family uh, from the, the town of Abarrea and uh, in the uh, Navarre region uh, outside of Pamplona uh, in what is technically by um, uh, topographical standards northern Spain, but of course, uh, anybody that knows the uh, history of the Basque people and know that they're not too fond of uh, uh, those types of borders, and uh, which really, you know, it, it makes the concept of Sin Fronteras uh, here with Cholos, you know, really hit home with me as far as my own uh, uh, lineage and yeah. uh, ancestral background, because, uh, yeah, the Basque people are, are a people of, of proud resistance and uh, an incredible indigenous population and uh, something that, you know, I, I carry with me quite a bit. Um, and it's something where, you know, I, I just love digging deeper and deeper and deeper into the uh, the Basque culture yeah. and, and the Basque roots. And I've, I've been lucky enough, actually, there's a, a, a man, a Scottish writer uh, by the name of Ewan McTeer, uh, who works with uh, These Football Times and a bunch of other really, really cool outlets. And he became enamored with Basque football and reached out to me a couple of years ago. And, and we've collaborated on a bunch of stuff. He uh, has written written multiple books about Basque soccer and uh, has just done some really, really cool stuff centered around uh, Athletic Club in uh, in Bilbao and Real Sociedad and Alaves. And the, uh, the A-Bar story has just been an incredible one. And, and what Osasuna uh, accomplished back in the day and just seeing a quarter, seeing over a quarter, seeing 25% of La Liga B 
be Basque uh, is is pretty damn cool uh, right now. So uh, yeah, no, that's that's where the name comes from. That's the uh, that's the Abarea story. Yeah. <laughs> but as far as the as far as the the optics of the gringo you're seeing, you know, I. I I am who I am. I come from a, a very strong uh, uh, Mexican-American cultural background in uh, my hometown of, uh, of Watsonville, and that's where the, the passion for the Mexican game and kind of a, a, a lifelong love-hate relationship with the, the Mexican national team, being a U.S. fan and, and growing up in a, a mostly Mexican fandom-populated yeah. town. Uh, it's, uh, it's been a fun, fun ride, and uh, I'm, I'm very proud of where I'm at. Right now, when I look back at, you know, how I grew up and the people that I grew up with, uh, it makes every time that I'm covering a Cholos match mean that much more. It has me buzzing for, for this flight from TJ to Mexico City on Thursday and hopping out into into the Roma Norte Colonia down in, in De Efe and, and heading to Azteca and heading to Unam for uh, for Pumas Cholos. It's uh, really, really big stuff uh, for, for me personally. The, the personal narrative, uh, Christian, is <laughs> no, going, it's great. going to be mighty, mighty fun. It is cool. Um, it, it, it just, it, it, you know, I, not to... I'm not not dismissing any kind of. Uh, I feel like it feels weird to be like Nate. You, thank you for being an ally. That seems weird to say to you, <laughs> but because you're you're. Uh, I, I think for uh, for a lot of people, uh, y- you know, whatever your environment is, and uh, be- because it could be, it, you know, when people are in, say you're you're not Mexican, so being in that environment with uh, uh with a lot of other Mexicans, sometimes people can detach and not. And not feel like they, they, they don't want they, they maybe they might be unfamiliar with the culture so they might feel uh, unwelcome uh, uh, so so it's it's um, it's great to just immerse yourself when uh, I I know I'm that way when when I'm especially around other Latinos that are not Dominican right so uh, like I have a lot of Colombian friends so when I'm when I was when I'm around them I'm like well now I want to be Colombian today and I want to do all Colombian things and and salsa and cumbia and that's and that's my life so hearing it uh, from your perspective and hearing it from the soccer perspective and where it's taken you that 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 not only that passion but just that intrigue and interest uh is is great and and that's why whenever i uh see the 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 things you write and and what you tweet it that that um uh, that that genuine um uh, sincerity comes through for for that sort of defense against uh negativity towards Pretty much, almost anything Latino, or just or xenophobia, or or things that that are uh, unreasonable uh, and 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 biased. So, uh, like, so and we uh, when so that leads me into the next thing that uh, we. Well, should... you do you do realize, Christian? You do realize the 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 tail wag that your uh, your prototypical white American left leaning liberal mind, the tail wag that they get when a person of color calls them an ally. Oh, I mean, that's, that's a million dollar tail wag. Right yeah. Now. You're just skipping and it's, 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 a, I mean, look, I mean, I, I'm, I'm happy I to, uh, to bless you with that. I just knighted you. I just, <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you. Um, but no, it, it is a, uh, you know, you, you had, uh, tweeted out, uh, a, a story basically. And, and, me personally yeah, a, a journal uh, yeah. A journal. yeah i i enjoy uh this is a part of, of of soccer that i think is uh uh very relevant to 
what sort of what we're doing, right? And, and in comedy, comedy is is essentially telling a story, right? And this uh, this for you, look, what you did was. Uh, basically journal but and you made a bunch of notes uh, on your iPhone and and screen capped them and, and then tweeted them uh, and what what I loved about it is that in in soccer there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of journalism and there is uh, a lot of uh, you know um, hot takes and 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 in in 140 characters uh, and all of that but this was a a, a, a story with the beginning, uh, middle, and end, and and it really uh, expressed a lot about uh, sort of who you are and what kind of issues uh, exist uh, with with American soccer. So obviously, uh, uh, we spoke about Alexis and I spoke about this uh, on the show uh, about you know the, the 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 take that a lot of people had with U.S. using losing to Costa Rica the, that the game. Uh, that U.S. soccer should not play their games in cities with heavy immigrant populations, where they could uh, kind of outsupport the U.S. national team on on home soil. And you were watching this game uh, in San Diego at a bar and had to deal with uh, essentially a, an American fan who, not spe specifically, felt like this, but kind of represented the negative things, uh, uh, you know, uh, about a U.S. soccer fan. Correct. I feel like my experience in one of my favorite bars, which I will be returning to tomorrow, the, the, the story, I needed to clarify that too the next day, the, the story had nothing to do with the bar itself, and, and I, I love this place, but my experience at this bar in, in this back room on, uh, on, what was it, on Friday uh, for, for the USA Costa Rica yeah, game. Yeah, September 2nd. Um, or September 3rd. very much, very much a, a microcosm of the whole debate going on with this this venue discussion and and this uh, this idea that you know the fact that 35 percent of the fans uh, in in Red Bull Arena were, were rooting for Costa Rica had any bearing on uh, the 2-0 result that uh, proceeded to happen uh, is is ridiculous and I for one, I was it kind of didn't hit me until the next night. That was the thing. It was like 24 hours went by. I was reading all these different takes and hot takes and cold takes and everybody with their takes on Twitter and all over uh, all over the the various soccer networks and people going back to this thing and and you start hearing the rumblings of you know they really need to play in venues that are less hostile and there's a few different directions that that my mind goes with this the first one is this is laughable the second one is the i don't know if like the devil's advocate that pops up on my shoulder if if he's xenophobic i don't know or if he's just been following u.s soccer for a while but there is this little thing that pops up going Dude, it's a legit thing. It is kind of a legit thing that only U.S. soccer has to deal with. There is no other major footballing nation in this world that actually has to deal with mixed crowds of, of that magnitude. I go back to other U.S. fixtures I talked about in, in that piece or journal or whatever the hell we're calling it at this point. But I think back to, to 2009 in Chicago when uh, the USA played Honduras and it Soldier Field became San Pedro Sula for that night and Landon Donovan led a stirring comeback and the U S just gutted it out and one, two, one. And there was no excuses about the venue and there was no excuses about being outnumbered, but 
I think back to what Columbus represented. I think back to what Crew Stadium represented and the whole Dos Acero folklore. And wow, we finally found a place where we actually have a home field advantage against our historic rivals who've kicked our asses forever. And we have a home game against Mexico in a qualifier. So that's the devil's advocate talking. Then I start reading more and more of these takes from people. And I start reading things where I'm like, Dude, if you take this out of a soccer context, this sounds like it's coming out of Richard Spencer's mouth. Like this shit, this yeah. shit sounds like it's coming from a from a supremacist rally. This is this is ridiculous. And that's when I start to get worried. And then that was kind of that moment where I just I kept digging deeper and deeper into this stuff and just becoming more and more alarmed. And it hit me where I was like, my experience at that bar on Friday was kind of a microcosm of of the whole debate where there were a half dozen Costa Rica fans, these dudes from L.A. who came down. They're having a bachelor party, extended weekend, Labor Day time, six friends from, from Downey in L.A. coming down to San Diego and with their Costa Rica jerseys and, and having a great, great time. And I immediately hit it off with them. Me and my girlfriend hit it off with them. They loved us. We loved them. And most of the people around us, uh, they did not love that we loved each other. Uh, they were they were not not too happy about the uh, the newfound friendship uh, in uh, in North Park on Friday. Yeah, you know, I, I, I was watching the game at a bar, uh, Smithfields in 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 Manhattan, in New York City, and same scenario essentially. A, a big group of Costa Rica fans uh, losing their minds after you know each Ureño goal, and. I have no issue with them. They, they 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 win a game. They play well. Uh, yeah. Do I want to see the U.S. lose? No. But is that going to cause any animosity with with anyone who who was even uh uh you know colluding with with <laughs> with uh, the Costa Rica fans? No. It, it would make no sense. And so I, I'm just uh uh j- just to uh just to clarify. So. The, the uh, what happened in in this story was th- there was a basically a, a a douche of a of a USA fan <laughs> that that just that uh it just made it, it it seemed like you were gonna fight that's that's really what was uh it seems like that was uh, kind of boiling uh that that just ju- as soon as you uh, showed any positivity towards uh, the the you know the the Costa Rica fans that are that are losing their minds over a, over a big win, uh, he just it seemed like he was he he wanted to fight you because of it. I should clarify. I should clarify that the initial uh, dissatisfaction of this particular man had to do with uh, my pacing. I tend to pace when games get nervy, and uh, mm. I think it was the uh, the first. It was the first really good Kaylor Navas save off the uh, the deflected uh, Polisic shot. There, where where Navas was, yeah, was yeah. falling down and, and reaches back with the uh, the right hand to stop it. And I just I'm I'm pacing back and forth. So. I may have, I admit, I may have actually slightly gotten in between him and the screen that he was centered on. His way of uh, of telling me uh, to uh, to move did not exactly. Um, let's just say it didn't resonate uh, yeah. with me. He was, and, he was just uh, like, we, go, we, "Go back to Costa Rica or something." <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, go back, go back with your brown skin friends in the corner. Exactly. Um, it was interesting how that all, you know, quickly, quickly transpired. And, and I don't want to get carried away on on that guy because I, I saw so much comedy in that whole interaction. And, and no one was ever going to – there was never – I mean, 
I don't want to say never. There was not likely going to be any sort of stupid violence in a bar. It was nothing like that. It was more the vibe of not only that guy, but so many other people. It was the the guy who actually asked my girlfriend at one point as I was over talking to to the, to the Ticos in the corner, saying he, he. I was like, what did what did that guy just ask you, Sophia? And he goes, and my girlfriend tells me she said he asked me why you were talking to them. I was like, why am I talking? Because they're here. Because they're, 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 they're at the bar, and they're loud, and they're fun. And they're, what, what do you mean, why am I talking to them? Yeah. And so that, that I feel like, was, again, you know, just kind of like a microcosm of, of this whole thing. And, and I feel like this lack of, of understanding and, and just this unwillingness to, to break out of, of any kind of comfort zone and just aspire for this brand of, of Stepford soccer, as I've, I've called it for forever and ever. It's Stepford soccer. It's sanitized soccer. It's, you know, it's safe. It's safe. And it's how a lot of people want to take it in. And those people in the back room at the Bluefoot Bar and Lounge in North Park, again, one of my favorite places in the world, those people who, who I said that this vibe I'm talking about, they don't represent U.S. soccer. And I don't ever want to let them represent u.s soccer i i want to spotlight the issue i want to spotlight those without giving them too much of of, uh, of exposure and and turning it into a stage for all of it i want to spotlight those tweets and when we see the the xenophobic rhetoric and the weird you know excuse making that then turned into just downright racism on social media with this whole venue debate i i want to spotlight it but then also make sure that i do my part and that anybody else around me can do their part to never let that be what represents u.s soccer because this this country's a rainbow man this country is is a collective of of different thoughts and different minds and different colors and different creeds and we all come together and that was my main point at the end of that piece is that those dudes in their costa rican shirts and every Costa Rica fan at Red Bull Arena, they're as American as I will ever be. They just happen to have a cultural background that leads them to loyalty for a soccer team. I mean, that's that's all it is, you know, and I think yeah. more and more people <laughs> need to understand that, that, like, probably, I'm just throwing out a number here, I would guess that 80 to 90 percent of those people inside Red Bull Arena waving Costa Rica flags and wearing and chanting ole, 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 ticos, I'd be willing to bet are either American citizens or people who live and work in the Northeastern United States. And well, uh, well, they are as uh, American as any of us. I mean, before we say that, let's, uh, I mean, let's check their paperwork first before we make claims like that. Yeah. Let's, let's do a background <laughs> check, please. <laughs> but yeah, no, that's, that's great. That's well, well put Nate. Thank you for being an ally. Thank you. <laughs> oh, tail wagging again. Tail wagging again. You know what? The other thing, the other thing that kills me, Christian, is uh, I, I've always said this, and and this has just been echoing in my mind for the last couple of days. Is I've gotten some very interesting responses uh, to this this journal that I posted the other night. I've gotten some uh, some people who didn't exactly agree with uh, with what I wrote, and they have the freedom to to disagree. It's been very interesting reading uh, uh, the sort of little bit of backlash that I got from this thing, and uh, it's really funny where. It, well, I, can't, it's, it's, I can't wait it's to. Funny, I, 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 can't, I can't wait to read the Breitbart piece about you. <laughs> it's gonna be. Good. Oh, it's <laughs> great! Exactly. They, I'm, I'm on their watch list. Absolutely. No, it's the, it's the notion that if if white Americans got mad about racism and xenophobia as much as they get mad 
at even being slightly labeled as racist or xenophobic, there'd probably be a lot less racism and xenophobia in America. <laughs> like, I could, the level of offense taking of, oh, so you're calling all U.S. soccer fans racist, huh? Oh, wow, what a way to go, way to go, libtard, snowflake. It's like, whoa. Yep. That's how I read it. No. That's <laughs> right. Well, that's, that's how it's clearly how I meant it, exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, look, it's a shame, you know, everybody's not going to get it. Uh, and, and, I, you know, reading it, especially I, I, I enjoy reading things that, uh, that are about specific moments as opposed to generalizing. And that's what that was. That wasn't, that, that wasn't some, uh, uh, assassin, uh, uh, you know, character assassination of uh, anybody who supports the U.S. men's national team. Uh, it, it's clearly like, uh, you know, and, and these have the parallels of, uh, you know, sort of the, the political climate that we're all in, uh, that as long as, uh, you know, people are open-minded and, and supportive uh, and not trying to put each other down, uh, things along those lines, uh, then, then, you know, th it would... Uh, hopefully lead to a better society slash uh, soccer fan and, and soccer fandom. Uh, but just just anybody, you know, when, it, when, when somebody makes that uh, statement like, why are you talking to them, quote unquote them, that, that you, we're not talking about soccer anymore. Do you know what I mean? It, it, it's, it's already in a terrible, terrible place. And the, the highlighting that is, is helpful. Uh, even though it it's gonna upset some people because, you know, it's like uh, you know, whatever. Get who cares if people get offended? It, it's it's like you're just putting a spotlight on something that is real and that is a real uh, perspective. And hopefully, it's not a popular one. But you know, you're a journalist, so you're doing you're doing your job, buddy. Well, uh, thank you for allowing me to uh, further spotlight uh, this experience. And, and it's interesting because the way that I wrap that whole thing up, and, and we can wrap up this present discussion the same exact way, is that all this talk about the venue and, and all this talk about the various excuses and, and then this talk that we've gone into, I feel like necessarily on a, on a cultural level and talking about the, the weird hints of racism and xenophobia that are mixed in all this thing. You know, nobody's talking about is the fact that Costa Rica ran six nil down the U S throats in two matches in November of last year and September of 2017 and absolutely wiped the floor with it didn't matter if it was Klinsman or Bruce Arena Costa Rica bossed the Yanks <laughs> here in this cycle yeah. and all the all the new Tico friends at, at the bar in North Park let me know full and well that you know you guys can't do shit when there's no snow on the ground huh you know and it was it was it yeah. was good times you know and and I'm watching Marco Ureña. I'm watching a beloved San Jose earthquake out there score both goals uh for for the Ticos that was that was crazy but there's there's not as much talk about the actual soccer team yeah. Right now, but we, I feel Nate, there we, should be. But we must segregate the fan base. There's no other way. Why? Background checks. <laughs> why improve the quality of our players and play and coaching? No, we must. We must uh, uh, just ruin uh, ruin soccer uh, by uh, by by segregating the fan base and and limiting them access to to games. So uh, yeah, that seems that seems like uh, Sunil Galati's. Uh, uh, <laughs> that could be his next project. I guess. Who knows. Well, he's your he's your next guest, right? <laughs> That's right. He's coming up next. Actually, he's on the line right now. Uh, <laughs> um, well, 
uh, Nate, I, I did want to, you are, you are going to be going to Mexico. I, I forgot to ask this earlier. Uh, for, as an American traveling back and forth to Mexico, is it generally uh, a problem? Is there an issue g getting through customs so many times, or is it just like a piece of cake? Because y easily the, 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 the first, like, uh, uh, sort of question or the, or the first flag is like, well, is, is Nate working with Rafa Marquez to deliver, uh, uh, you know, goods back and forth? Uh, I've, I've always said that, uh, Tijuana is, it's, it's like Eastern Europe, but with more white people. Um, <laughs> it's, it's, it's really, it really is. I mean, there, there's this perception of, of Tijuana, uh, you know, I'm, I'm going to cross that line. I'm going to cross over that wall and there's going to be, you know, gun, there's going to be gunfire blasting over my head and a donkey show in the corner and a, a, a narco argument that's going to lead <laughs> to another shootout. And there's the drugs over there and there's the bag of money over there and really all it is is a walk across town to the yeah. stadium through beautiful beautiful streets with beautiful beautiful people and i've been spending more and more time down there i've been spending ample time uh in in tijuana actually working with a really cool uh non-profit i'd love to spotlight uh here on your show and I encourage everybody uh to go check out it's called the first goal and it was actually started by a man who who went through a, just a ridiculous deportation saga i wrote about this whole story i did uh, i did on, read about uh, soccer this. nation SoccerNation.com. Uh, so I encourage everybody just look up Soccer Nation or look up my name and then look up uh, the first goal, uh, and you'll see see this whole story. Working with the first goal has been incredible, and you know the fact of the matter is there's some dangerous ass spots in Tijuana. There there are some places that you shouldn't go if you're not looking for trouble, if you're not looking for for things of of that manner. And like I always tell people. There's places that you shouldn't probably go in Los Angeles, and there's places you probably shouldn't go in New York or even Portland or Seattle <laughs> or any anywhere in in America or anywhere in the world. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's I, I have basic, an it's, I have an app that tells me smart. yeah I have an app that tells me what cities uh, to avoid. So I'm good with that. There you go. There you go. No, uh, I, I encourage everybody. It's it's every time that I can go down and and just do snapchat instagram write a story do a little mini documentary do some you know millennial journalism with some you know yo mtv raps flavor to it and be around the parking lot yeah and just boy interacting with people <laughs> christian every time that i can do that it counteracts the the hysteria bullshit and that rhetoric that is sadly more and more prevalent right now with uh you know who in the white house and yeah. all that's gone on uh with that following so you know it, it's it's, I feel like it's just the little bit that I can do and I'm not I'm not doing anything noble I'm going down to you know have a few beers and eat tacos and watch soccer and you know get indulged in in this city I'm not doing some you know incredible noble act but I feel like every time I'm going down but more people more people should do that those exact more things people, I feel like the more people <laughs> that can see me do that and realize that it took me 30 seconds to then cross back over later that night, uh, walking back with my little passport card that it's a neighboring city to San Diego to me. I don't even, I don't even think of it as I'm going to Mexico. I think about it as going to TJ. I'm definitely, I'm definitely going to central Mexico on Thursday when I'm flying <laughs> to Mexico yeah, City. That that's, is a, very, that's a whole nother discussion, but as far as very as much far Mexico, as TJ, as far as TJ goes and TJ is very much Mexico too. TJ is a, a, a city with a, you know, an interesting chip on the shoulder where a lot of Mexicans don't consider it really you know that's not that's not really mexico and then a lot of americans are scared to go there and have this ridiculous perception of 
of, of what TJ is. So it's like if you're if you're a Tijuas native, you're a, you're a kid from from Tijuana. You're like, wow. So everybody hates me, and what's what's my identity? And lo and behold, cholos have come in at this perfect time uh, in in the city's history, giving people a, a real real sense of pride. And there's this incredible arts culture popping off. There's this incredible craft beer and wine movement going on in Tijuana, kind of stemming down from San Diego. And then there's this incredible foodie scene going on. The hipsters are so, everywhere, even in Mexico. Oh, man, it don't matter. It don't matter. Hipsters, <laughs> hipster, hipster sin fronteras right here, baby. So uh, everybody, everybody, I encourage everybody listening to this, come out to Tijuana. I would love to show you a good time. All right, man. Nate, uh, and you know what? And and I'll make sure Alexis and I, we both go out there. Right? We, we, We'd love to, you know, check out a Cholos game with you uh, uh, and and just chill out there. So, uh, Nate, thank you so much uh, for being on the Cool Against podcast, man. Thank you for uh, uh, being a, a supporter. Just know that Alexis and I are both uh, supporters of you. Keep doing great work. Uh, you know, keep. Uh, I, I'll say it again. Keep being an ally, <laughs> and we'll we'll be an we'll we'll be an ally of you as well, man. Uh, you, you're doing great work, man. So we appreciate it. Appreciate it, Christian. We'll talk to you soon, mate. All right, that's it. That's the end of the show, everybody. Thank you, Nate Abarrea, for uh, participating and coming on the show. I, I feel like we had an important conversation. It's just me right now closing this show out. Alexis is still in Ireland, uh, being Irish, uh, being uh, he's gonna come back a ginger. I'm I'm almost sure. Uh, that's how that's how it happens. That's how you catch it. So, uh, thank you again, Nate. Make sure you follow him on Twitter. Uh, uh support his work uh, and his writing at soccer nation so that's at soccer underscore nation uh he has a a, a bunch of articles are already on there uh, a bunch of important stuff uh you know regarding the u.s men's national team u.s soccer in general uh liga mx uh just all great stuff so uh support that uh again that's at soccer underscore nation and at nate abarrea on twitter so that's it guys uh a couple uh you know, uh, a couple things just to get to before we end the show. Uh, now that I have you one-on-one, I just want to let you guys know. Uh, thank you for uh, for sharing the podcast, letting people know about it, uh, getting getting the word out, you know, overall. Uh, it's been uh, awesome. Uh, we had a, a great contribution uh, from uh, one of our listeners uh, who's also an NYCFC fan. Uh, his, uh, his handle is... Uh, uh, city is blue on uh, on Twitter. City underscore is underscore blue, and uh, he, he, you know we joke around a lot about Men in Blazers, uh, and we it just it's just a it's a silly ongoing joke about just uh you know uh, basically uh, a, a fake podcast rivalry that we're you know that we sort of conjured up, but this was, this was pretty surreal. Uh, he had uh, tweeted out uh, he had po- posted on Instagram a photo of. Um, him wearing a Cooligan shirt and burning, a, like about to burn a Men in Blazer scarf, uh, which was hilarious. It made me laugh so, so much. So <laughs> thank you for doing that. Hopefully, uh, you know, you didn't, you didn't actually burn it. Uh, hopefully you didn't burn uh, anything down. Uh, it, uh, it, I, I get, it, it's, it's dangerous, uh, you know, playing with fire as, uh, as our, our parents, I'm sure, told us you know at least my parents did because they, they you know they're reasonable parents so uh that was hilarious thank you for doing that uh a couple people uh, were like uh you know w- w- would also tell us like hey uh 
you know, I like Men in Blazers too. Can I, can I like both of you guys? And the easy answer to that is no, you cannot. Actually, yes, it's fine. It's totally fine. <laughs> uh, but that was uh, the photo was awesome. Uh, it was it was uh, it seems symbolic, you know, maybe a changing of the guard. Who knows? Uh, but thank you for doing that. Thank you for if you listen to Men in Blazers, go for it. It's I mean, it's a podcast. Nobody's uh, nobody cares. That's that's all. That's how that's how we generally feel. So, uh yeah, uh, w- the last thing I want to uh, remind everybody about is uh, Atlanta. We are going to be there for the Red C- Clay Comedy Festival that is happening September twentieth at six, six September twenty eighth at six thirty p.m. in Atlanta. It's a, it's going to be at Argosy East, and uh, the the uh, now that you're listening to this, the 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 public link for tickets is available right now. Just go to soccercoolingins.com or you can find it. Uh, you, we're gonna post it on Twitter, uh, on our Facebook page. We're gonna create a, a, an event page uh, on Facebook. So that's Facebook.com/slash Soccer Cooligans. Uh, come if you are in Atlanta. If you're listening to this, come to this show. Uh, this is it, it's gonna be a, a live podcast at a comedy festival, uh, and we're gonna talk soccer. And we're gonna have uh, Atlanta United uh, people players people who are uh, of importance uh, to that team so this is going to be a really cool and unique thing so come to the red clay comedy festival if you buy a ticket to the to the live podcast you will also be able to get a discount code for the the rest of the festival uh, which is three days long you can go see stand-up comedy we're going to we're going to be doing other shows alexis and i and we're also and you can also see uh nikki glazer kyle canane a bunch of other really really great comics that are coming from all over the country uh to perform uh for you guys in atlanta so it's a it's a very unique thing again this uh this has never been done before two comedians who talk soccer have never uh you know done a, a comedy festival it's crazy uh, and it's uh, it's the, the first of its kind. Uh, so let's let's give the comedy community uh, a real show. Let's let let let's let them know that soccer fans enjoy comedy and 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 support the hell out of it the same way they do uh, their soccer team. So that that's really we're trying to merge those worlds. So uh, again, go to soccercoolingers.com. Go on any of our social media platforms. You will you will see a a, a link for tickets so uh do that immediately uh georgia that'd be pretty cool so that's it uh you guys are the absolute best thank you again for listening thank you alexis all the way from ireland thank you nate all the way from san diego uh i'm the only one look i'm the only one not leaving you guys so just just remember that when uh when the soccer wars begin you know, and you have to uh, uh, decide what side you're on. Just know, Christian never left. All right, <laughs> you guys are the absolute best. Thank you so much for listening to another episode. Uh, I am Christian Polanco, and for the Irish Alexis Guerreros, we are the Cooligans. <laughs>